Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I am James Carey. And today, this is episode 156 of uh, the series, and we're going out of the series like we, we're going to have a, you know, a new series yeah. uh, starting soon. Uh, but this one, uh, this will be going out on the uh, 31st of December, so... It's uh, New Year's Eve! So may, Year's you Eve. may be listening to this on New Year's Eve, in which case, Happy New Year when it comes. And for many people, it is good riddance to <laughs> yes. 2020. But it's a bit of a mixed bag, and we look back at 2020 in our last episode, didn't we, Dave? We did, and so let's move forward. And that's what this episode is going to be uh, all about, really, is uh, we are putting 2020 behind us, we hope, and we hope you are too, and we are hoping for, uh, I don't know, what are we hoping for in 2021? All will be... To fail in new ways. (laughs) Yes, yes. There's no point failing the way you failed before. Mm. So make make different mistakes. Yep, yep. And wow, is that too? Have I given the game away too much already? I mean, I, that's <laughs> well, yeah. as you've said on frequent occasions. You know, yeah. we've interviewed fantastically successful people on this show and just ended up talking about their flop. Uh, yeah. which, you know, as much them wanting to do it as us bringing it up. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is. It is the the fault position of the comedy writer um let's talk about our failures and of course the the most famous quote samuel beckett the great and the great samuel beckett fail better that's the uh, okay well there you go i mean in a way that is a good that that is a good starting point for 2021 yeah i've just i've i've just recorded finished recording the audio version of my book writing that sitcom right and the very final chapter is basically essentially saying failure is certain (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? This is like success is the outlier. So you just need to learn how to fail better and to take it better and to move on. So I think, you know, 2020 has been a bit of a um, not so much a baptism of fire, but a refining process for many of us and quite painful mm. professionally in many ways. Um, but, but I'd sort of also think about it in terms of and, and what you're saying there. Uh, that I, I kind of see myself. Uh, occasionally uh, as a character in in my sitcom that is uh that has been running for 62 years now and um you know you 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 bang away and bang away at the things that that you love and hope and you're you're you know these these are the things that you've put all your emotional investment in but actually and 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 this and this sounds like you know the sort of the, the bad version of every movie that you've ever seen it's like the thing that you were going for it's not that thing. It was. A, it's the thing that was round the corner that you were never. You never realised that was the thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, it was there rom- all along. Yeah. Every rom com. You know. It's like oh, all the time I was looking for this, but actually this is the thing that makes me happy, and uh, I, I sort of feel that's kind of how things have sort of panned out for me over the last few years, and in, and and moving into twenty twenty one. For for me, uh, it's going to be... Can we just pause there? We'll talk about 2021 in a second. I just yeah. love the idea. I, I just can't let this one go. Of you looking back on your life as if it's a sitcom. <laughs> and so, A, there's that kind of perspective of seeing yourself as a sitcom character, which is actually a fundamentally very healthy thing to do. But B, I'm wondering, with your sitcom geek hat on, would you give yourself notes on how you could have done it better? And the well, problem is our lives are just so messy and haphazard. But when you look back on... The, the the James Carey of, of, of 1998 and the James Carey of 2003 is just like, 
you had no idea, did you? You had no idea that this was going to happen or that, or that you thought you were this sort of person and actually you're that sort of person. Yeah. And actually that's been one of my lessons of 2020 and I'm embracing looking ahead. I'm just going to drop one of mine in here. Um, is that I've really gotten into a routine. And so in 2020, I spent a lot more time in my office than I used to. All of my meetings were cancelled. All of... Um, so I was just in my office pretty much every day. You couldn't go to Starbucks because it was shut. Yeah. And I would, I would spend a lot of time in Starbucks. And so I've sort of found a way of working in my office um, and also making sure that I spend the mornings writing because I'm a writer and not to agree to Zoom meetings or anything like that generally in the mornings. I really protect that morning time to get the writing done. And thereafter... Um, and just making sure that I get up slightly earlier. I've, I've had some spiritual disciplines as well that I've been much better at since lockdown and discovered that I actually like routine. Mm. And I've been laboring under the misapprehension for at least 10 years that I don't do routine. I'm a writer, for goodness sake. If I wanted routine, I'd be a producer. I'd be this or that or the other. I'd, I'd, I'd go and work for, um, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers. I'd go and be an accountant. Um, but actually, I've discovered that I like routine. And so I've built, I'm building routine into my life more and more and embracing that in 2021. So that's one of my big headlines looking forward. But I'm aware I kind of jumped on that, but I just wanted to put it in whilst it was relevant because, you know, relevance should always be, be tried. Yeah. Um, no, but, but what about you, Dave? But that's, no, that's a fairly, that, that's a good point. I mean, I've always been, I, I've always liked routine partly because I've, uh, I, I suppose my, my, sort of comedy writing career has has not been quite as uh sort of involved in big blocks of shows i've mm. i've had so much kind of lack of routine in my work you know today it's a 300 word song i have to write tomorrow it's a you know an episode mm. of a sitcom for someone else and then the next day it's something else and yeah uh, it's a gag going, pass get, and then you know going into big breakfast or something and so so uh, i actually i've always quite sort of enjoyed the idea of routine, certainly since I gave up being a stand-up, um, mm. that it, it sort of made me pretend that I was like a, a, a real working person. Um, but yeah, to go back to the, the, the sitcom thing, well, this was a kind of realisation that came to me. Now, there's a, uh, a chapter in, in the book that I've written about trying to write during covid um, and that book is actually coming out uh, in a couple of days' time. It's coming out Saturday, the second of January, and it's actually it's, it's going to be on uh, Amazon as an ebook. It's going to be free for uh, that that first week. So if you're listening to this uh, in the first week after um, mm. it goes out, so <clears throat> from the January the second, January the ninth, it's going to be available. So get hold of it. It's called If I Only Had the Time. Uh, how to keep writing when the world stops and it's a very mm. short book but uh, it's a fairly personal book really but it's it's about how do you how do you keep going um, you know how, how do you sort of keep powering through and the thing that I one of the things that I did was I was you know I kind of looked at myself looked at various things that I did things that I've always done that I've always thought I was good at and turns out oh actually no you weren't that good at that, Dave. Yeah, and um, and I realised that's when the the idea of me as a sitcom character came through because I realised there were some things where 
I will never, ever learn from my mistakes. I will keep making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. Uh, I won't say what they are. You can get the book for free yeah. in the next week if you want, uh, if I only had the time. And thereafter, <clears throat> people listening, how much is it when, once it once you have to pay for it? Do you know, I'm not quite sure yet, but I suspect it won't be uh, couple much, of quid. It'll be, you know, two ninety nine or something, yeah, one yeah. ninety nine maybe. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't yet worked out. And that's part of the beauty of self-publishing um, yeah. is you get to choose. And uh, I may put it on at two ninety nine and find that nobody's buying it, at which point I will bring it down to one ninety nine, and mm. uh, suddenly lots of people will buy it, which I've, as a thing that I've started to notice with my other books, uh, I sort of say, oh, here, special offer for a week, it's down at this price, and then suddenly loads and loads of people buy it, so, you know, right. it's, uh, that, that's... Um, they buy it at full price because they missed the deal. Well, you know, it's as well. Of, it's all on the internet, and it's all over a period of two years or something. So maybe I'll yeah. get an e- an angry email from someone saying, "I got that book when it was six ninety nine, and now you had it on last week for four ninety nine. Give me two pounds now, please." Yeah. Um, but maybe not. You could you could write them a haiku and say, "Here you go. Here's two pounds <laughs> worth of poetry." That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Will, uh, that would be that would be how I would smarm my way out of that administrative <laughs> so, exercise. Yeah. So this is kind of, and I, I hinted on uh, about this in the last episode about you know what 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 are you going to do in 2021? But before getting into the actual specifics, I mean the most general thing is about having tried to take more control of my own career and be, yeah. be in charge of it. That's that's going to be that's going to run through every, everything that I want to do. We'll talk about that in a bit more uh, detail later. One the first thing that I should mention specifically uh, with regard to, to sitcom geeks is that uh, I have read the uh, scenes um, he said uh, right <laughs> um, as so if, this uh, is the scene competition yes this is yes this is the 31st of December today of course and yeah uh, and we're recording live of course we are and, <laughs> and between Christmas and New Year I read all of your scenes uh, yeah. and uh, I will be uh, announcing the winner of that. We'll be uh, I'll be sending the best ones uh, to James to look at. But we'll yeah. be we'll be announcing the winner for that uh, probably uh, in the next sort of two or three episodes. We'll be we'll be talking about that how to write a scene. So uh, that'll be a quite an interesting uh, little uh, episode for us. So that's the first thing of the year for me. Yeah, here's a here's another thing just to mention though um, is there is a. Um, uh, positive radio comedy script competition oh, we should yes. probably mention uh that's coming up the, the 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 deadline for that is january the 10th so positive uh which is a company run by uh, david tyler and jeff posner uh david tyler who produces the milton jones show that i do he did uh, marcus brigstock's briggs society and giles wembley hogg jeremy hardy speaks to the nation 99p challenge amanda nucci's charm offensive and of course cabin pressure um, the Rolls Royce of radio sitcoms that people like me wish they'd written, and um, and so uh, they are doing a bit of a uh, you know they're basically opening their door to scripts, so they would be well worth sending a radio uh, comedy script to. So uh, make sure you make full use of that, and I should probably do a video about it, shouldn't I? About radio comedy in particular. Mm. So um, so yeah, uh, do do make the most of that. And make the most of opportunities that are coming up throughout the year, 
um, we've already mentioned the fact that the BBC Writers' Room aren't doing any more comedy ones, and their comedy drama window, their drama and comedy drama window closes uh, in, in in a week's time yeah. from the time of uh, this episode dropping, mm. um, and there won't be another one for comedy drama for for out and out comedy. I, d- I believe there's not going to be a BAFTA Rowcliffe uh, thing this year. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, they are. Um, I think they're making that every two years. Um, okay. But again, they are another group who are looking at what they're doing. We um, we still aren't sure at this point of recording uh, what's happening with the BBC sitcom scripts. Mm. But there will be uh, competitions for BBC sitcom scripts. That that's for definite. Yeah. Um, how how they come about um, is another matter. There'll certainly be um, the Felix Dexter. Uh, um, award for black and uh, ethnic minority writers and yeah. there'll be the Ca- uh, Carolina Hearn bursary for, for women there's the Goldman Simpson bursary which seems a more general one but I'm, I, I'm, I think there may be more than that as well so yeah. um, we'll let you know as soon as we find out what's happening with that Yeah. so uh, what else is looking, looking ahead to this year Dave? Well, um, and this is a thing that you talked about in the last episode. You you wrote, uh, you you talked about writing um, a, a, a murder mystery, the uh, Shakespeare mm. and Hathaway, and and the, the uh, fact that you have kind of gone back. You you were like the person starting out, and all the mm. notes you got were uh, from the equivalent of you saying, "Who does this bloke think he is? Bloody hell! Doesn't he know yeah. how to write bloody yeah. murder mystery drama, comedy dramas, or anything?" To which the answer uh, is no. <laughs> And um, that's the position I'm in this year. The first, certainly, the first three months of this year, I'm going to be. I, I, I finished my first novel. Uh, I've been through all the various uh, edits of it and uh, fine edits and everything else. It's coming out at the end of March. Uh, I have basically got between now and the end of March uh, to to market it, uh, and I'll be I'll be kind of uh, I'll probably be. Uh, I'll certainly be running uh, blogs about that, and maybe doing some sort of YouTube uh, videos as well. I'll be because because this is a completely new world to me. I um you know it's it's something new that I'm trying, and so I want to I want to record what I do because I do want to write more novels, and I want to I, w- I want to make the mistakes and people see with the mistakes and 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 uh, you know get help from people as well about how I might. Uh, you know how I might improve selling it. Mm. Um, once it's out there, of course, it's out of my hands, and people might hate it and say, uh, "God, that was so rubbish, Dave. I don't ever want to see another novel from you again." Uh, but tough because I'm actually hoping to spend the next three months actually writing the second novel, which I'm very excited right. about. Is it a follow-on or is it a completely different thing? It's a completely different thing, and again, this is another thing uh, when people talk about self-publishing. The first book is about uh, it's uh, it's called How I Invented Alternative Comedy and Other mm-hmm. Delusions, right? And it's a sort of semi-autobiographical uh, book about the ni- uh, the late nineteen seventies when I was a student and uh, I went to Edinburgh and got to know Rick Mayall quite well at that time. Uh, so before he was famous, so it's a sort of kind of about the the, the beginnings of alternative comedy. Um, Ooh. And, and that sounds really juicy. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's very much from uh, the point of view of a, a eighteen-year-old 
Jewish bloke from Leeds who's yeah. who's uh, not very good yet at comedy. So right. um, so it's not actually it's not historical. Uh, it's not historical. Yeah, but correct. it's in, no, but it's but it's informed by the, the times, and I don't think there's actually been that much good writing in that area. Um, I don't think there's been that much sort of examination beyond re- relatively prosaic documentaries yeah. about alternative comedy. Mm. Um, it would be interesting to have a bit more of a comic exploration of that you yeah. know, in a quasi-fictional way. That sounds great. Yeah, no, I'm quite... Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But the thing people say about self-publishing is, you know, it's not enough to have written a book. You need to have a series. A little bit like what you were saying last episode. You were saying if you want to make stuff on YouTube, you have to have 35 uh, videos before... Yeah. YouTube, even the algorithms, even aware of your existence. Yeah. And this is what people say about self-publishing is that, well, you don't want to write one book. You want to write a, you know, you need to write a series. And and all the time that I was writing it and editing it, I was thinking, you know, this book is from 1976 to 1979. I could very easily write another four, five, six books Mm. about, you know, the help basically autobiographizing my own career and through yeah. through the prism of the Edinburgh fringe um and you know that was my thinking right up until uh about October last year when I um chanced upon uh, some information about you know my own family and things from the 1920s and um it just felt like this is a really interesting story that I've often known about, but it's something that I've never actually um, explored. And it suddenly, suddenly everything started to kind of, you know, some, you know, when sometimes you get an idea and suddenly everything you read is about that yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 And, you know, here's, a, here's an idea for a, a book that's set in Leeds in the early 1920s. Um, and suddenly, there are a, a, a million things that apply to the idea, so I'm I'm still at very early stages yet, so I won't say a, a, any more mm. about it. But uh, and I so I just thought, well, I'd rather be doing that than you know writing part two of my alternative comedy story yeah. from you know 1979 to 1984 or whatever. Uh, well, in a way, you can see how that goes, and then come back to it if people really like it. Yeah, um, and then you start this other thing and. In a way, it feels like, I mean, it's exciting because it feels like the future is to some extent in your hands. And I, and I think in a way, my kind of hot tip really for 2021 and just planning is to work out what you're good at. What are you excited about? What do you think you can do? Mm. I think these, we, we mentioned in the last podcast a bit about, it's frustrating. It's, it seems like producing a podcast is incredibly easy, which to some extent it is. This is our 156th. It can't be that hard. Um, and we've probably recorded more that we've then failed to press record on or something like that. Um, so, you know, we've done at least 156, plus a load more for Patreon. Um, but um, it's you, you sort of do need to know what everything involves because, as I said, YouTube is not an easy thing to master and you need to kind of decide to have a campaign to to do that or you need to have a campaign to do uh, self-publishing or you need to kind of know how it all fits together. You do need a bit of a battle plan. You do need to work out what you're excited about. And therefore, the stuff that you're producing needs to be so personal, exciting, brilliant, fresh uh, and 
fun for you to write that it's worth putting up with the bits of that process that you won't like. So when we spoke to Joanna Penn, I think it was a brilliant episode and it was really eye-opening. She clearly relishes the business as much as the writing. So she clearly loves writing, but she clearly loves the game of getting her stuff out there and making money. Yeah. Now, for other people, they're not as excited about one or the other or aspects of one or the other. So maybe some people like starting writing, but they don't like editing. Maybe some people like promoting stuff, but they don't like all of the form filling. And you just think, well, who likes form filling? Well, actually, quite a lot of people like form filling. They love a form. They love a list mm. and a checklist to make sure that their work is available in mm. this territory, in that territory. And they monetize this and they send it to that. And some people like that almost more than the writing. And mm. Maybe over this year, therefore, it's worth looking out for other people who are doing stuff that you like. And maybe you could almost team up and say, well, this person likes promoting stuff and this person likes writing stuff. And, you know, we should be talking to each other. So, yeah. go on. I was just going to say, this, this, is, this is leading very nicely into uh, what you're going to be uh, talking about um, for mostly for, for, for what you're doing in, in the next year. But I, I, I just want to uh, add a point to that, which I think is, uh, uh, which I took away from Joanna Penn. I listen to all her podcasts now. And uh, that is that as somebody who always actually shied away from all that stuff, the, the mm. stuff that isn't writing and prided myself on it. I, I am a writer and I leave it all to my agent. But then I think about all the kind of time that I was in the dark about stuff and the time mm. that I sat as writers often do, you know, kind of catastrophizing about, Oh, that they haven't got back to, I sent that email. They haven't got back to me. Oh God, I'm useless and worthless. They hate it, you know, and, uh, and or worse, I'm a genius and they don't realize. Yeah. Mm. And, the, and, and the, 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 I think about the hours and years of, of, of pain that I have put myself through that actually when you're in control of something and, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. Well, I, I've probably got a better idea than a lot of people, but I am, I, I, I'm, it, it's all my work. You know, I'm not, uh, I, I, you know, I'll send it out there and people will either like it or they won't or they'll buy it or they won't. But actually, everything that uh that I, i'm doing with it i have control over the whole process and that has been you know i've been learning about stuff that was just like might as well have been mandarin to me it was such a yeah. foreign language and that's you know marketing and, and i'm just sort of thinking you know oh what a vulgar thing and actually it's just fantastic i i feel more empowered as a writer having done that so i would actually say yeah do embrace those things they will help you as a, as a writer Mm. so so the things that you've been talking about and that you've been learning about as you said last time are youtube and yeah um, so tell us a little bit about your plan for this year then so yeah in a way the you so i've i'm planning to write um a couple of books i started a book about uh a year ago maybe slightly uh, less than a year ago which was a not quite a murder mystery, but it was based on a couple of characters from a, a play I wrote called The God Particle. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have them in like a, a, you know, a mystery thriller kind of setting? So I started that and then this opportunity came to write for Shakespeare and Hathaway. And I thought, well, I'd be mad not to take that opportunity. So I stopped writing the book and thought, well, actually a bit of distance on the first 12,000 words of this book is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I hit pause on that. At the time of recording, I have literally not looked at it since then. Um, so I'll be really interested to see if the first 
uh, 12,000 words still works and still kind of makes me want to finish and write another 40,000 words or something. I think it probably will. And then there's another book I want to write, which is essentially Narnia. Uh, so there's a, you know, obviously the C.S. Lewis Narnia books. Sorry, are really that's good. already been done, James. Yes, exactly. But I would like to write a different Narnia. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that uh, stuff too. Um, but, um, oh, he's writing a children's book. Okay. Um, I think it's hopefully going to be slightly more than that. But, you know, I would say The Lion, that. the Witch, the Wardrobe, the Cook, the Thief, the Wife and His Lover. Absolutely, yes, and the bottle washer. Um, and the waiter and the porter and the upstairs maid. Um, wow, boy, that's a really obscure reference. So uh, so I'm, I'm keen to do that. I'm keen to I do stuff for the BBC Writers' Room. And, um, you know, and hopefully I'll get to write another episode of Shakespeare and Hathaway or something like that and keep going down that road, uh, being available to write other situations, scripts, and also to pitch new stuff. And I've got one or two ideas on that. Um but the other thing I've been working on this year and I'm releasing is a, uh, a, f a full length video course called Writing Your Sitcom. Um, so the, the Situation Room on, the YouTube, on YouTube, which I've started, is a sort of a prelude to that, to push people in the direction of this course and hopefully just deliver value because I actually really enjoy talking about situation comedy, as you can probably tell after 156 plus episodes. So... Um, during lockdown, I started filming this thing and I finished it and put it up and um, our Patreons have had a, had a little look at it. Some of them have been able to have access to it. And um, I'm really pleased with it. I, I'm really excited by it. And in a way, it's uh, aimed at people who just want to kind of start, start from the beginning, either for the first time or start from the beginning again. So the idea is it's sort of almost like 12 video steps, 12 lessons to going from your basic idea to a finished script that you don't hate. I think that's one of the things that through doing this podcast, lots of people say is like, well, I put a script in for this script competition, but it wasn't any good. And you think, well, why? Why wasn't it any good? Why wasn't it as good as you could make it? So I think the main thing with this course is trying to help you to write that script, to write a sitcom that really only you could write, because I think the personal nature of um, of your idea, I think, is more important than ever, really. So that's kind of a new aspect to it that isn't in my book, writing uh, that sitcom. And so I've tried to bake that in and refresh everything. And the key is, is, especially if you've never done this before, I'm telling you everything you need to know to write your script. And I'm then not telling you stuff that you don't need to know because there is a huge problem of overwhelm there. There's actually not that much stuff on YouTube about writing situation comedy, if you ask me. But there are 156 episodes of this, yeah. and there are some books. And it might be hard to know where to start, but in a way, hopefully, what this video course is doing is just going to clear away everything and just go, OK, let's, let's start from a blank sheet of paper, but knowing that we've got ideas and how to fill that blank sheet of paper and ultimately how to fill the 30 blank sheets of paper, which will be uh, the script. So the Situation Room is the way kind of into that on YouTube. So uh, click on that, and that's where uh, the links will be. But the, it's on Teachable. You can probably find it on Teachable, which is the platform, and I'll put links to that up. And the, the, sh the show, it's, uh, the, the, the course itself starts, it drops on the 7th of January, and at that point you can register, do the course in your own time. I'd imagine it will take you a couple of months to get through it. Because although there aren't, you know, there are a dozen, there are more than a dozen videos, but there's homework to do, which is contributing to your script. So it's me helping you write the script um, every step of the way. 
So the idea is that you don't just blitz it and um, binge watch it. You kind of watch it, maybe rewatch it, do the work, do the next one and, uh, and do it that way. So that's for people who've never done it before, but also people who've been doing this a while, but haven't really been getting very far and, and they're clearly thinking I must be making some basic mistakes here yeah. um, and probably would benefit from just having us just starting again uh, with maybe a new idea um, and, you know, and giving that, giving that a fresh, a fresh approach. Yeah. So, and also now is the time to do it, you know, January, uh, the new year, uh, make a start. And hopefully, although it costs money, in the long term, it's a probably cheaper than than going off to London to do a course several times over because it's it's twelve lessons, as it were, and you couldn't really afford to do twelve lessons, you know, any other way. You couldn't sort of keep getting you know staying in hotels, buying train tickets and stuff. That gets very expensive very quickly. So hopefully, it's it's cheaper than that. But also, you can do it at your own pace. You can do it when you're ready, um, and then there'll be an extra kind of monthly Zoom chat where you, if you're doing the course, you can just ask me anything as part of that as well. Uh, and there's also, you get my book and you get the audio version of the book as yeah. well. Go on, Dave. Yeah, because one, uh, well, one of the interesting things as well about courses like this, and uh, I, I, I do a sort of slightly similar thing, but it's a correspondence course, so mm. I'm working with, with uh, people. But um, And I guess one of the things you, you find, you know, you sort of try and break things down. Everything is all integrated, plot, story, yeah. characters, jokes, whatever, but you try and deal with one thing at a time but I mean there's for instance the blog that you wrote about eight years ago I think about how to plot how to come up with plot ideas yeah um I send that uh blog out to students but I find every time that I read it and I read it again you know every right. three months or something I think it, there's something there's something else in it and and that's one of the great things about these teachable courses is you know, do it, uh, write a sitcom, um, have a break, but then do it yeah. again, you know, and you'll find, you'll, you'll find actually things that, that you didn't see first time around and you'll get them. So, so they are, yeah. They Cause are. you're, you're worried about one set of things. It's like watching a comedy again, the first yeah. time around, especially a comedy movie, you're slightly worried about the plot. And so you don't actually get all the jokes, mm. but then when you watch it again, and I'm like this with Mike Myers movies, yeah. uh, or I used to be, is the first time I often didn't like it. But then the second time, I now know what happens and I'm, I'm now seeing the jokes. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's like, you know, I'm now getting the headline and the, the thing that I was worried about and I wanted answers to has now been answered and I'm not worried about them. But now I can watch it again or, or get the teaching again and I'll, I'll, I'll have ears for, to hear other things at that point. So that's the idea. Once you bought the course, you can obviously watch it as many times as you like over the course of a year or something like that. You yeah. know, there's no mad rush. Uh, but it's good to kind of set a date for when you will have a script. I don't know what the deadlines are going to be for 2021 in terms of competitions, but in a way that kind of doesn't matter. I think you kind of need to set your own date. And there's a little bit of, there are some extra videos as well in terms of how to make the most out of the course and how to actually kind of motivate yourself and put yourself on the hook. But anyway, I wanted to mention that in this podcast, obviously, because, you know, this is something which I, I really hope people will do. Loyal listeners to this podcast and and disloyal ones, frankly, um, can get a twenty percent discount by using the word "sitcom geeks" uh, as a special coupon. So that will give you twenty percent off um, "sitcom geeks," all one word, 
um, and you need to use that by the 2nd of February, which, fun fact, is Candlemas. But um, so February the 2nd uh, is when that discount expires. So Sitcom Geeks will get you 20% off. And if you join us on Patreon, you will get a bigger discount again. Uh, so you join us on Patreon and you'll find out what the discount is uh, for that. But it will be more than 20%. Uh, so hopefully that will be worth your while. That's so, um, so yeah, so uh, uh, writing your sitcom is the course. Uh, there's loads of links to it on my YouTube channel, uh, The Situation Room, but also hopefully there'll be some links in the show notes as well to that. Yeah. And you can get stuck in, go at your own pace, but finally write a sitcom script that you don't hate or that you don't think this is the best I can do, but I know it's no good. Well, actually, you know, it could be better. And hopefully this, this course will help you uh, do the best you can do rather than just doing something. That's the idea, anyway. I've I've sneak previewed a couple of them, and uh, it's very you know it's it it's good. It's a very uh, it, it's a new way of uh, well, obviously not totally new. I mean, as with yeah. sitcom, the best sitcoms are start with something familiar, and then yeah. they move into new areas. But it's a, it's it's given it's given what I think is a fresh perspective to something that I've been. I've been teaching as well for years and it's given mm. me some more ideas. So thank you, James, for that. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Great. Well, anyone, anyone can, can log in and get a, get a hold yeah. of it and there'll be extra YouTube videos and stuff around it as well. So look out for that. Um, we should look ahead a bit more and in terms of putting good habits into place. Are there any other kind of other good habits that you're that you're thinking about Dave for 2021 yeah well that's um I keep coming back to this thing about about sort of um being in control I think I just just want to add we talked a bit about people who uh talked to us on uh, sitcom geeks mm. um on the uh twitter page and um the um the, some of the people we got uh, we got Shai Hussein who's uh uh, he wrote about, uh, he said in 2020, he got a commission that's now stuck in development. And his hope for 2021 is I'd like new commissions and hope the 2021, 2021 gets unstuck, which mm. I guess, you know, we've all had similar things. But then he had a reply to that uh, from uh, Nicola Prigg. And she said, um, she's been they, they there was a little bit of a conversation about you know trying to get your things made and and a little bit what we've already talked about about how you know the whole that the, the system is changing now more and more people doing their own thing and she said uh instead of trying to write screenplays going to movies tv i think i'll go for prose and books feels more likely you're going to get somewhere with it and um i've been thinking about this a lot because i sort of i, I i've been having another discussion with myself a quite a deep discussion which is Am I now, you know, I'm 62. Have I, have I, have I actually given up on trying to get a sitcom made ever again? Mm. Um, my track record is not quite up there with yours, James. I mean, you've had your own. I've had one of one series made on 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 Radio Four of my own thing, and mm. I've had loads of pilots. I've been writer for hire on loads of sitcoms, but yeah, loads. Get, getting my own one. And I just thought about this, and I, uh, and I, I just the idea of writing something and sending it off to someone. I thought, and, and I thought, you know, I am, as I say, sixty-two. How many years writing have I got left? Do I want to be writing sitcom? And I thought, well, yeah, I would still love to write a, a, a another radio sitcom. I love, I love the form. I love radio. Mm. And actually, if I do write something now, and 
I, it's not necessarily something. If I think about the B, the BBC as the be all and end all, which is always how I thought writing for radio, you go. There are there are two people who basically decide whether your thing gets made, and they're the head of comedy, radio mm. comedy, and the head of radio four usually. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're the only two people who get the final say. Uh, and it's sort of down to them, really. And I just thought, well, what about if I come up with something and I really like it and they don't like it, but potentially I could make it, you know? And I'm f- watching our the winner of our, uh, our, our competition from last year, Peter C. Haywood, making his own radio mm. sitcom I'm, I'm watching with interest he's someone who's very he's very savvy about marketing and stuff he's very good on crowdfunding mm. i'm going to see what he does with his sitcom i mean if you yeah. can actually get a sitcom made so i've so i am thinking you know if and when i finish the next novel or when, whenever that is hopefully june or something i'm thinking well I'd really like to write something unusual for audio, you know, something that's me, only I can yeah. write, and see what happens. And if Radio 4 like it, great. But if they don't, I'm not just stuck with a, a script that's not going to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need to follow your passions um, in that as well. And I think you need to be passionate about the form and about the idea. And in a way, I've, I've got... You know, if somebody asked me, "Have you got any sitcom ideas?" I could say, "Yeah, how many do you want?" I've probably got about thirty. Mm. Um, in terms of active development, I don't, I don't know how many are in active development. But all I do know is, if I have a new idea, then I have to. I now know how much I have to really believe in it because I now know how unbelievably hard it is to get on the TV because the competition is so fierce, it's so expensive, people are frightened, they don't know if they're going to commission the wrong thing you have to have an unshakable conviction in that central idea. And those ideas don't come along very often. So again, as I said in the last podcast, you just want to keep yourself in the game so that the moment you've got something and you just think, I- I'm prepared to beat people's doors down to get this idea on, um, then, uh, then, then you're good to go. And then you've still got the contacts. Whereas if you sort of flounced off and just said, right, that's it, I'm leaving. I'm going to retrain to become a Latin master at a prep school. Um, or something like that, or I'm going to go off and join the navy. I mean, in a way, you've, you've, you're going to suddenly start to have to have things to write about, which would be quite interesting. You could write your new version of the Navy Lark, um, yeah. but um, but actually, society, yeah, well. yeah. So you don't really want to burn any bridges, but um, at the same time, you just want to stay in the game, do things that you like doing, and so, so that you're open to these ideas when they come along, where you do feel, or you have an idea. You know, uh, Richard and I have had one or two ideas which felt like they were, they just never really got any traction. Suddenly they feel of the moment. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get those off the ground as well. So it's just a question of, you know, of, of it's a, it's all timing, basically, isn't it? Yeah. It's You've got the idea, but is it is it the right idea at the right time? And it goes back to why this, why now, why you? Why are you writing this script and why should it be on TV now? it's really really important to have that here's something and and you're talking about putting good habits in place and things and this is something that i've realized over the last year and it's something that i'm going to to be sure i do more of and it's this however much time you have spent thinking about your idea really thinking it through it's not enough you Mm. you you that i i can't emphasize how much i feel that i've learned this this year this last two or three years 
It's that the more that you you can't ever know if anything is going to be a success or whatever. But the more you test something, mm. and the more problems you throw at it, um, you 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 start to answer more questions if you can answer the questions that you throw well, how is this going to be funny then why is that character there what is this uh, for why am i the only person who can write this you're as- asking these questions over and over again mm. whilst you're coming up with the idea and you know most ideas i think that you have if you were tested them and tested them you will come to a point and you say nope that's not going to work. And even the biggest, most successful writers, you know, yeah. who've got stuff out there, they they have they've or they have eliminated the other ideas that weren't as good. So the the yeah. most the most you can do, you can't know if something's going to be a hit. But the biggest thing I feel I've learned this this last year, and the thing I want to do more and more is that the, you can just keep eliminating the things that don't work, and you have to keep. And it's the same as like cutting, you know, and, and yeah. it's the same advice that I give to people when it comes to writing a 200 word song. And it's the same advice I got from a friend who's a novelist who writes 80,000 words. And uh, she said, cutting, you have to keep yeah. cutting. And I just thought, hang on, it's a novel. It's 80,000 words. Surely, surely you have to keep writing. No, no, you've got to keep, keep cutting. So keep eliminating uh stuff and you'll what you'll end up with is you know stuff that you have already road tested a lot yeah i mean talking of cutting there's a couple of things one is i'm just put in mind of um the andy hamilton and guy jenkin interview Mm. about about how many ideas you have to turn over Mm. and it was just amazing when they basically said after after outnumbered they were they got the distinct impression that people didn't want to, didn't really want to hear an idea from them because they were a bit of a one trick pony and got lucky with those funny kids and you go yes that and drop the dead donkey which was an absolute rolls royce of a show that ran for nearly 10 years so Quite they're not really one trick pony writers for hire on things like life on mars and shelley you know to the great yeah, yeah. shows the last 30 years but even being even being the meanest possible you could be to them. You could, they're not really one trick pony. They're probably a two trick stallion, yeah. you know, excluding, you know, stuff like bedtime and uh, Trevor's world of sport and just loads of other stuff they've done individually and together. So it's like, but they know just quite how wasteful the process is. Mm. And actually these ideas that feel of the moment when they, when they're on TV, they just feel like they belong. They don't feel like, why is this? Why is this on now? They just kind of earn their place. And you do have to cycle through a lot of ideas mm. rather than just kind of twist your idea into something. So, you know, I think it's just being open to those new ideas. How, and how, then in, how many well, rejected scripts was it again? Was it 12? This is something like 30 15? or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and the BBC are probably knocking on their door asking for a Christmas special for next year. Mm. Um, I would have thought so. Um but because uh, they don't really have that many shows that they can do Christmas specials of yeah. um, mm. because they keep not letting them write BBC One shows. So right. what do you expect? Yeah. But in terms of editing, the other hot tip, if you read if you read one thing that's not been written by me or Dave, <laughs> I would suggest you read another good writer. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's called George Orwell <laughs> and read uh, Politics and the English Language. Mm. And yes. I thought that was a really good 
um, book about writing and especially prose. But I think in general, his principles of simplicity in writing, I think, are really, really good. Yeah. And he gives really good examples of bad, waffly writing. Um, and he really, in a very cool and Orwellian way, rather than Orwellian in the other sense of the <laughs> word, um, he, uh, he just does a really good hatchet job on bad writing. So it's only about 15 pages. You can probably find it for free on the Internet somewhere. I think 2021 is the year George Orwell's work are out of copyright um, globally. But even that is you're going to have some problems if you start launching your own new version of 1984. You'll probably get a letter of cease and desist from a lawyer somewhere. Yeah. But um, get hold of Politics in the English Language by George Orwell. Uh, and I think that's a really nice little bedtime treat. You can read it in one sitting. Yeah, um, I hear, I I hear good things that. about that man. He may yes. go far. He may go far, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to think, actually, whilst we, we're talking, is there, a th is there something that I, I've read? Because uh, I, I, I am reading a lot of things at the moment. Is there something that I've read that kind of uh, speaks speaks beyond just about writing and stuff mm. and uh I, i'll i mean aristotle still for me is 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 the is the king I, i've been reading a lot of books about writing um, right in, in in this year but i think nothing's there's still i've still yet to see anything that betters the poetics uh, by aristotle which is an incredibly short book tells yeah. you everything you need to know about tragedy comedy the character's journey yeah. um and, and I can yeah. confirm that it is out of copyright and therefore you can get hold of it for free yeah. on the internet. Yeah. And uh, so Do you know what? Hmm. Here's, here's an idea. You should do your own version uh, for, um, as a booklet. Maybe annotated. The sitcom version. Sitcom yeah. according to Aristotle. How about that? Yeah, well, my friend uh, Tim Ferguson, who teaches comedy writing, he was in a he was a great comedy performer in the eighties with a band called the Doug Anthony All Stars, uh, Australian uh, right. act, and uh, he now teaches comedy writing, and he is actually he he, he has been trying to write a book, uh, a, a, a teach yourself about comedy book that's kind of that that's a i think is a dialogue with with aristotle so okay oh he's already got I'll there wait first and see what tim comes up well when he first. get him on the podcast and we'll uh, we'll interview him about it because that we feels should, like that's actually. pretty I mean, much that's another spot. thing we talked about you know the kind of all the terrible things of the last year but actually you know it never crossed my mind you know tim has uh, ms so he doesn't you know although he was still performing with uh, doug mm. anthony's a couple of years ago but he's not going anywhere you know mm. and i just thought well you know that's it that's but but actually we could probably we could have tim on the show and he would be absolutely incredibly, uh yeah. full of uh some great great advice and lots of stories about being in a hugely successful edinburgh fringe act of the 90s well there we go because not we we love to hear nothing more than <laughs> success stories hey we <laughs> We don't spend a whole interview with uh, Stephen Moffat trying to talk about chalk. Uh, that's that's not us. That's yeah. not this podcast. Well, Graham Linehan, Paris. That was yes, uh, exactly. We had a yeah, long, long talk about that. Yeah, well, exactly. You do learn. You do, don't you? You really do learn more from your mistakes. And uh, absolutely, and you don't learn it unless you make the mistake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I am looking forward to. By the way, I'm, I'm I have to change my name for my novel writing. This is not some kind of. Uh, artsy fartsy thing yeah. but it's uh, to do with the uh, algorithms of the internet because dave cohen already has books out about how to write comedy um yeah. 
and then then uh, as a novelist uh dave cohen that you know you you'd start to get oh people who people who bought uh dave cohen's book uh novel uh, yeah. also bought how to write comedy well no they didn't they just want to read a novel and they you actually okay you actually genuinely piss people off. So, so you're so going to be am, an Ian Ian Banks and Ian M Banks. Well, yes, I am going to be David J Cohen. Um, ah. So I did think about coming up with an entirely new name for myself, and I had a list of about fifty names, um, and I just looked at all of them. Oh God, I'm just not sure that age sixty two, I'm ready to take on you know another another persona really so uh yeah so david j cohen uh is going to be the the the, my novelist's name um so that people who buy my book please do won't have bought uh the other books but then i'm hoping that some of you will actually you know if you like absolutely yeah we just we obviously some crossover but i love the fact that we we basically got back to failing and failure (laughs) Uh, with regards to what we were just talking about and that we've now gone full circle. 2021, we will make new mistakes, but we will hopefully fail better. Indeed. Thank you, Samuel Beckett, for that fantastic quote. Yeah. I bet he was hilarious. I bet you. Imagine the Samuel Beckett sitcom, hey? Well, absolutely. And in fact, you know, I didn't know anything about Samuel Beckett. The person who, if we're going full circle, the person who introduced me to Samuel Beckett was Rick Mayle. Rick there we go. Huge, huge fan, and bottom really is, yeah. uh, you know, is waiting for Godot. Um, yeah, which they then did, didn't they? They performed waiting yeah, for Godot. Yeah, 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 they did. Um, so, yeah. Kind of, I would love to have seen that. Actually, that would have been, yeah, uh, that would have been good. Yeah, me too. Me too. Of course, nowadays, if they'd done it, it would have been video captured and it would have been broadcast to cinemas. Um, uh, But uh, but sadly, sadly not. Cool. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Thank you. And we will speak to you in 2021. Yes. Thank you ever so much. Which it is now, if you're actually listening live by now, uh, it probably is. We've been we've been uh, rambling on quite a lot. For so long. It's yes. the new year. We've just missed it. It struck midnight and we okay. all turn back into pumpkins. Marvellous. Thank you. And, all, and best of luck to everybody for the next year. And speak to you soon in a couple of weeks. May all your jokes be funny. Cheerio. <laughs> Bye-bye.